We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three themes. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, get ready for a transformation. You know, I don't know how many of you are like me or, you know, the scripture we just read, it's more like a benediction. So when you hear that verse, it's like, yeah, we're closing the service now. So it's like, oh, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the, sweet, the, word, the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit with you now forevermore. Amen. Amen. Let's go home. So it's, it's, it's almost like we don't really settle down to think about that verse. You know, this evening, while I was just right there, I was just thinking like, I was thinking about how far I can go with the Holy Spirit. How far I can go when I just, if I just give the Holy Spirit more time in my life. And tonight we're just talking about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? I'm sure we all know here. We know who the Holy Spirit is. We know that anyone wants to just... Say it out loud. Who the Holy Spirit is? Someone said he's God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is God. He's the Spirit of Jesus. He's the one who gave us birth. He's the Spirit of God. He's not, you know, Pastor always says he's not, he's not junior God. He's not the last born in the Trinity. Because when we, what we just read now, it says the, what, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So it's more like the Holy Spirit came last. So we think that, oh, maybe, we don't think actually. Some people elsewhere, they think that maybe he's the last born. But he's not the last born. He's God himself. He's the Spirit of Jesus. You know, when Jesus was speaking in John 14, 16, can we please have that verse? John 14, 16. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, he told them that he will send them a word, another comforter. He said, I'll send you another comforter, John 14, 16. And it says, and I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, you know, we analyze the scripture, and we, we know that when, what Jesus was referring to there was the Holy Spirit, and who Jesus was referring to there was the Holy Spirit, and the, the Holy Spirit is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Now he says, I'll give you another comforter. And the word comforter there, as we, most of us would know by now, because Pastor talks about this a lot, the word comforter there is the word parakletos. Parakletos. And it means one who is called to go alongside you. That is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who has been called to go alongside us. You know, we're singing tonight and we're thinking about how great God is. And I'm just, I was just thinking about it like, this is the Holy Spirit. And, you know, think about it. This is the same person that is in me. This is the same person that is in you. He's the great God. He's the healer. But then you think about it that sometimes those fever, ache, cold, and whatnot, they still come. But then it's like, but the healer is in me, though. His life is in me. The one who heals is actually in me. This is not a case of the doctor is sick, the one that treats people is sick, because that can happen. The fact that they treat people does not mean that, you know, they, they will always be fine. That is not the case. This one is, the one who gives life is in me. You know, you think about it that, you know, the word of God says in, in Matthew, when Jesus gave the great commission, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
heal the sick and raise the dead. Now you think about this thing, but sometimes it sounds like mere words, doesn't it? Just be true. Don't lie. Does it not sound like mere words sometimes when you hear it? Does it not sound like mere words when you hear it? Answer me now. It does, right? But it's true though. And that is what we're talking about tonight. That is what we're talking about tonight. Now the Holy Spirit is a, is, is a helper. He's an encourager. He encourages. And then you think about it. I have the encourager in me. Why do I feel discouraged sometimes? If I have the encourager in me. You know, I think about it that the Holy Spirit has become my immune system. And the way I process that is, you know how they taught us in, I think that's biology now. Everyone took biology, right? I don't know how the Canadian system works, but we all took biology, right? Okay. And the way the immune system works is that when the body comes in contact with a foreign um, organism or whatever, the immune system immediately responds to fight off. And then I think about it, that Romans 8 from verse 11, it says that, and if that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. Is that not an immune system now? But then I think about it that, oh, but why is it that sometimes I still feel the fever when there's that automatic healer, um, automatic healing system in me? If you're like me, I ask a lot of questions. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. So it means he gives you advice. He gives you a direction. And you know that scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16, that we have the mind of Christ. Do you know what that means? It means that you can think God's thoughts. It means that you can perceive the way God perceives. So your perception of a thing will be exactly how God... Because remember, when God made Adam, he called Adam and said, name the animals. He didn't give Adam any hints. He said, name them. But do you know that in naming those animals, Adam gave them their characteristics. When he named the lion, he gave the lion that characteristic to roar. It means that God trusted Adam so much that you have, you were made in my image, so you have my mind. You can name them the way I would name them. God didn't say, oh, you got one wrong. Uh, it's okay, you tried. 90%, 98%. No. Perfect. So, and then scripture tells us that you and I, we have the mind of Christ. We can think like God. We can perceive like God. It also mean that we, mean that, means that we can feel the way God feels. We can feel God's feelings. But then you think about it, examine your life. And I don't mean this critically. Don't you, are you not confused sometimes? <laughs> There's someone here that's nodding to everything I say. There's something I said at, at first, like, don't you think it's a mirror? Just nodded. But I like the person for, the person's honesty. Truly. You get so confused sometimes. Sometimes, you know, scripture says that he has not given us the spirit of fear, timidity, but of power, of, we have a sound mind. Are you not afraid sometimes? <laughs> and then I'm asking myself, but why? He says the Holy Spirit is our comforter. But sometimes it's like that pain, there's no comfort in it. You know, the Christian life is a spirit-led life. And, you know, I was thinking about it this evening that at a point, I didn't know the secret. I thought the secret was just fast and pray and everything would be nice. Until I realized that the secret is the Holy Spirit. The, spirit, the, the Christian life is a spirit-led life. You cannot lead this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And for so long, I don't know about you, but for so long, I didn't know. You know, when I would hear that, 
I would want to, I would ask a question and then um, someone would tell me, just ask the Holy Spirit, why not tell the Holy Spirit? And it's like, well, I asked you the question, why can't you just answer me? There is no success in the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Let's look at um, Acts 1.8. Jesus told them that, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The word power there means ability. Ability or power that is resident in a thing because of its nature. So it means that the Holy Spirit is our ability, right? Because it's when he came upon us that we received ability. So he's our ability, he's our sufficiency. Second Corinthians 3.5 says our sufficiency is of God. Now, the Holy Spirit is these things to us. Now, the questions I asked earlier and that we answered, we're going to look more, you know, into those questions as we go on. But let's see what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Let's see what he said the Holy Spirit would do for us. Okay, let's see John 16, verse 14. And he says, He shall glorify me, for he shall show, he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Let's look at other translations. One translation, the BBE says, he will give me glory because he will take of what is mine and make it clear to you. Hallelujah. It also means that he will make it real to you. Now, what I just said earlier when I asked you that some of these things you hear and then you feel like they are mere words. I asked you that, you know, the scripture says that um, we will raise the dead. We are, we've been commanded to raise the dead. I, I, I asked you, sometimes doesn't it sound like mere words? You said yes. Now, the, Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit will take what is this, and then he will make it clear to us. He will make it real to us. So it means that the way that we'll actually see God's word and perceive it that this is real, this is actually my reality, is through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So it means that without the Holy Spirit, when we look at God's word, it will be like mere letters. That is how the Pharisees that's how they crucified Jesus, because they could not understand it. It says in seeing, they don't see. In hearing, they don't hear. So it is by the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we come to realize that this is true. Now, we, I cannot convince you that you are not born again. You know for certain that you are born again. How? It's by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that makes these things real to you. He is the one that works on your heart. And then you see that, wow, this scripture, this verse is actually real. Because think about it. You know, Isaiah 53 verse 4, you can, maybe you can even quote the entire chapter. It says, for his stripes, by his stripes we have been healed. He himself bore our sicknesses, our wounds, our transgressions. He says, he was chastised. Because of our peace. The punishment that was needed for us to obtain peace, it was laid on Jesus. We read these verses, but then it feels like they are far away. It feels like we cannot really understand what, is, what the scripture is saying. It feels like, yeah, 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 sounds nice, but I'm not experiencing it. It sounds far away. That is why the ministry of the, the Holy Spirit is needed in our lives. Because he's the one that can make these things real to us. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 17 says, we are joint heirs with Christ. What does that mean, to be joint heirs with Christ? It means that what Christ has, I have. And as simple as that sounds, that is the truth. Scripture says that the whole world belongs to Jesus. The whole world belongs to the Lord. It means simply that the whole world belongs to me. As Christ is, so am I in this world. Not so I will be, but so am I in this world. 
But then we say these things sometimes and it just feels like, yeah, 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 sounds nice. But when we give room for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we come to realize that this is true. Let's see something else that Paul shows us. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. And it says, um, I'll just read that from the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. And it says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Basically, what Paul is saying here is this. When you look into God's word, when you begin to examine the scripture, when you begin to see that your sins are forgiven, God is no longer angry with you. When you begin to see that by his stripes I was healed, when you begin to see that he was made poor so that by his poverty I may become rich, He's saying that when you begin to see these things, you are transformed into that. It means that you begin to experience it. So when God's word says you have the mind of Christ, he's saying that you begin to experience actually the mind of Christ. When God's word says that you have not received the spirit of fear anymore, that, you know, the, I love the way the, the Passion Translation puts it. It says you have not received the spirit that makes you, the spirit of religion or something like that, that makes you, makes you have the fear of not being good enough. Now he's saying... He's saying that you begin to experience these things when you look into God's word. Then he tells you that the way you experience these things is by the spirit of the Lord. Can you see again why the ministry of the spirit is so important in our lives? So it means that you cannot experience God's word without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's why I said that the Christian life is a spirit-led life. We can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. We cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. It says the way you experience God's word, the God's word that you've been looking at, you know. 1 Corinthians 3.21 says, all things are yours. All things are yours. But then you go for that interview, you don't get the job. You want to get something, you don't get it. But the scripture says all things are yours. Now the scripture tells us that the way you will experience the word of God is by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So how does the Holy Spirit, how does he do these things? How? How does this achieve these things in our lives? Because now you know that the secret to living a successful Christian life, the secret to experiencing God's word, because think about it, pastor prophesies to you and says you are healed. And immediately, instantly you are healed. He prophesies and says before the end of this week, you'll testify for that job. And actually that comes, how does it happen? It's by the Holy Spirit. Now how does he do these things? We saw that in the scripture we read, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. It says, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That is how he does it. Now, the word fellowship there is the word communia. It says communion. It says fellowship, communion, same word. And it's the word communia. And it means association. It means joint participation. It means intercourse. And the word intercourse there means an exchange. So it means that the way the Spirit of the Lord accomplishes these things in our lives, the way the Spirit of the Lord brings us into the experience of God's Word. You know, no wonder Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. 
they are spirit in me. When you look at the, the actual rendition of those words, it actually means that the words that I speak unto you, they are Holy Spirit and Zoe, the life of God. Because the word of God carries the spirit of God and the life of God. Now, the way the Holy Spirit does these things in us is through fellowship, it's through koinonia, it's through intercourse. It's through our fellowship with him. It is when we give him time to work in us. So how do we fellowship with him? How do we fellowship with the Holy Spirit? How do we have intercourse with the Holy Spirit? Because it is when we do this that we give him room. It is when we do this that we give him room to bring us into the reality, the experience of God's word. Number one way is through worship. Through worship. Through worship. Through worship. I know worship is a lifestyle, but what I, I'm talking about right now is actually worshiping God, actually singing and worshiping God. I don't think that you don't have a good voice. It doesn't matter if your voice, your voice might be terrible to me, but God wants to hear it. He loves to hear it. Just choose the, choose the right song, but God wants to hear your voice. He loves to hear your voice through worship, through worship, through worship, and not just worship with any song. Choose the right song. Choose the right song. Don't choose songs that are contrary to God's word. Because that does not help you. Don't choose songs that are con contrary to God's word. Don't choose songs that, that the, all they're singing is, have mercy. When will the Lord have mercy on you? You've been singing that song for one hour. When will he have mercy on you finally? Choose the right songs through worship. You know, in the place of worship, the worry, the fear, the anxiety, they give way. Do I have a witness in the house this evening? The, the fear, the worry, they give way when you worship. Do you know why? It's because of this intercourse. Because when you worship the Lord, it's like you're having an intercourse with the Holy Spirit. It's an exchange. So that your worry, your fear, your anxiety, it gives room for the faith that he imparts. He says Jesus is the word, is the author and finisher of our faith. It means that he's the one who gives us faith and he's the one who brings our faith to perfection because we feel sometimes that we need to go and get faith and then before we come to Jesus, who gave us that idea? He's the author of faith. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who gives us faith. He says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It means that he gives you his word to give you faith in your heart. So you feel anxious. But then the, the word says that he has not given us a spirit of anxiety. Anxiety is not what the Lord, you know, I, I love the song. I'm trying to remember who, this, who sang the song. You know, the, the lyrics say, you have not created me to worry. You have not created me to fear. You created me to worship. So in the place of worship, what is that concern? And it's a thing where you don't necessarily have to go to the place of worship and then start telling the Lord about your concerns and start crying, that will not help you. It's not a thing where you go to the place of worship and then you start, listen, place of worship, it means that you're going there to worship God. It means that you're going there to tell God how beautiful he is, how great he is. And when you try that, it, it then, you know, we say that the thing you focus on, it magnifies. And so when you go to the place of worship, you are focusing on how great God is. All of a sudden, your problem looks very minute because you start thinking about it that this God is great too. The God who created the universe in six days. 
is it what exactly can you not do in one day in one one hour if he created i'm not saying he created canada in six days the entire universe in six days and don't forget that he even crafted it in such a way that canada now we're what we're it's almost 8 p.m somewhere else it might be almost 10 a.m he did all this in six days what can he not do you start to think about these things you start to think about it that this is someone who raised jesus from the dead you start to think about it that this is a god who you start to think about the children of israelites how they were before the red sea and he parted it you start to think about in the place of worship and you adore him from your heart while you're doing that your problem it seems minute whatever fear worry it feels like yeah that does not even exist you know what the lord told me in it was in 2017 in december 2017 you know he said to me he said whenever you forget who you are worship me because when you worship me in the revelation of me is you you know what that means it means that when i come and i'm worshiping the lord i'm saying lord you're so righteous i am reminded that as he is so i am and i am righteous when i'm worshiping him i'm saying lord you're so holy I begin to remember that he has made me holy when i begin to worship him and say lord you're so beautiful how can i describe how beautiful you are you are so beautiful you are brighter than the morning star you are so precious to my heart lord you are wonderful holy spirit you are beautiful you are sweet you are amazing when i begin to worship him like this then it's not just that my heart is being poured out to him. It's not just that my love is my love and affection is being poured out to the Holy Spirit. It's an intercourse, an exchange. So I'm pouring out my heart, but I'm receiving his love. Don't you know that in the place of worship, you are you are you are actually worshiping God? But in that in that place of worship, you are then receiving the love of God. It's like the love of God is now filling your heart because it's an intercourse. It's an intercourse. That is what happens in the place of worship that is what happens in the place of worship the next way we fellowship we have intercourse with the holy spirit is through prayer listen prayer is not for when you have issues though because you know i don't know maybe some persons think that if there's no problem why pray that's a terrible mindset. Prayer is not for when you have issues alone. Prayer is intercourse. Prayer is intercourse with the Holy Spirit. When there is no problem in your life, pray. Don't pray that there will not, don't let your prayer not be that there will be no problem when there is no problem. When there is no problem, pray. Prayer is intercourse with the Holy Spirit. And you know, sometimes the reason why you don't enjoy praying is because there's no word of God in your heart. Because if the word of God is in your heart, no, you will not want to leave that place of prayer. Because when the word is not in your heart, it will be hard to pray. You will start speaking in the Lord. You'll be looking everywhere. This speaker needs to be clean. Ah, I should go and cook that food. Ah, jollof rice tonight. What will I take to work tomorrow? What outfit will I... Because the word of God is not in your heart. That is why you cannot focus when you pray. But when you go to the place of prayer and you are thinking about it like, I have the mind of Christ. 
That is intercourse. Because as you're doing that, it's like the Holy Spirit is now pouring more into you. He's like, he's now showing you. Because all you went to, in the, the, you went to the place of prayer with just that revelation that I have the mind of Christ. And then the Holy Spirit starts telling you, ah, you can't feel what I feel. And then the Holy Spirit starts telling you, do you feel the delight that I feel right now? Galatians 5.22 says, the work that the Holy Spirit does in us is what? One love, joy. And then the Holy Spirit tells you, do you feel the love that I feel right now? And you went to the, the place of prayer with just that mindset of, I have the mind of Christ. But now the Holy Spirit is telling you that, actually, you really have the mind of Christ. You have my mind. And then the Holy Spirit think, tells you that, you are thinking my thoughts right now. And then the Holy Spirit tells you that, oh, do you remember Sister Lois? Do, what do you feel in your heart towards her right now? And then you're like, Lord, I feel love. Since that's how I feel towards Sister Lois. That is koinonia. That is intercourse. Let's see 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. We like this scripture so much. It says, but, it, but, at his, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We read this scripture and we're like, wonderful. The next one. Oh, I'm reading till 16. The next one says, but God has revealed those things to us by his spirit. For he, the spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. Verse 11, is there anyone who knows, understand his thoughts? Verse 16, I'm actually going to verse 16. He says, for who has known the mind of the Lord so that he can advise him? However, we have the mind of Christ. So in the place of prayer, that confusion gives way. Because the Lord begins, the Holy Spirit begins to give you direction. He says he's our guide. He begins to give you direction. He begins to give you clarity. We have the mind of Christ. So it means actually, what it simply means that at no point should we be confused. At no point should we not know what to do. Because the one who knows everything is in us. And it's actually that simple. But the reason why you will not experience it in your life is because you've not made more time for the Holy Spirit. It's not a thing where you go to the place of prayer or the place of worship and you spend 30 minutes and you say, I still didn't receive it. You spend more time. Because a lot of times, it's not that the Spirit of God is not speaking to you. It's that your spirit has not entered that frequency yet where you can pick up. Where you can pick that signal. It's not a thing where you go to the place of worship now tonight and you spend 30 minutes and you say, ah, peace, peace said, when I spend 30 minutes, the worry and anxiety will go. I still feel anxiety. No, you spend more time. You spend more time. Because I tell you this thing, that this thing works. This works. The Holy Spirit, it works. This works. The Holy Spirit is powerful. And the Word of God is true. The Word of God is true. What the Word says is true. Hallelujah. Spend time praying. Spend time praying. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit a lot. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. Spend time. This life cannot be lived without intercourse with the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. And you know the, you know the thing about the Christian life? Is that you already have the Christian life. You cannot even live life the way the world lives because you still not succeed. There is only one way for you to go, only one life for you to live. Now, it's the Christian life. So if you like, decide to live life like the world, you will not succeed still. 
Make room for the Holy Spirit. Make time. Make time for the Holy Spirit. The next one I have here is through meditation and quiet time. Through meditation, quiet time, and word study. You know, I still don't understand. And it's a thing that sometimes I think about it. And I don't know how people do it. And maybe because I'm naturally a very calm person. You know, not quiet, but I'm naturally a very calm person. And even while I was, like, maybe when I was a teenager, like, really young, right? And I know I, I met some people that they said they cannot actually stay still. Like, they can't just be quiet. Like, quiet, why am I quiet? And I'm not sleeping. Why am I quiet? Don't be like that. You cannot live. And it feels like I'm just saying you can't live. If you don't do this, you can't live. If you don't do this, you don't. But it's the truth. Be quiet. Have a quiet time. Have a quiet time. It's not just, I'm saying pray. It's important to pray. But don't just pray, 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 and tell the Holy Spirit everything you want to say and then go. No. Stay and listen to what he will say. Have a quiet. Be quiet before the Holy Spirit. This is so important in our lives. Be quiet before the Holy Spirit. He will talk to you. He will speak to you. You know, sometimes just practice asking the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit questions. Just ask him questions and keep quiet and wait for him to answer you. I do it. I do it a lot. I do it a lot. When I have questions, I write them down. And then I carry my Bible and say, Holy Spirit, please answer my questions. And then he begins to teach me. Isaiah, in Isaiah, he says that he wakens me up morning by morning like one who is being taught. That is the Holy Spirit. Sometimes asking that thing that is bothering you, just ask him. You know, um, sometime last year, yeah, sometime last year, I began to ask the Holy Spirit, what is God really like? And you feel like you know the answer to that question, but what is God really like? And I began to ask this question. I wrote it down. I'm like, what is God really like? How does God see me? What is God's perception about me? Will God change his mind about me? I began, I wrote these questions down and I said, Lord, I want answers to these questions. It wasn't a thing where I went to look for um, what Google has to say or what I went to search out um, uh, messages or anything. Because that is beautiful. It's beautiful, beautiful for you to hear me teach and whatever, whatever, whatever. But sometimes, let the Holy Spirit teach you himself. I didn't want to hear another person tell me what God is like. I didn't want to hear another person tell me whether God would change his mind about me or not. I wanted to hear him hear it from God himself. Like, God, what do you think about me? What is your perception about me? I asked him these questions, and do you know what? He answered me. Sometimes he quiets before the Holy Spirit. Sometimes just sit down. You, I don't understand how... And I don't mean this critically. It's just something I actually think about, and I don't understand how. I don't understand how people actually work 8 to 4 or 9 to 5, and then they get home, and then they're on the phone with their friends till 10 p.m., and then they go to bed, and then they continue like that. And then on Friday after work, they go for parties or they go for sleepovers or whatever. And then on Saturday, they're busy again. On Sunday, they're busy, and then... I don't understand how people live such lives. I, I cannot understand it. That they never have a time to just sit still and think. I don't understand it. I don't know how. I don't know how people do that. As a Christian, you can't do it all. You can't. You are setting yourself up for failure. You can't. When you schedule your day, your week, 
schedule time for prayer because if you don't schedule time for prayer you will not pray how many of us know that if you don't plan to pray you actually not pray if you schedule oh 8 a.m i have this 9 a.m i have this blah 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 and you don't fix a time there too you will not pray schedule a time for prayer schedule a time to study god's word schedule a time to meditate schedule a time to just sit still and if you're if you're wondering like oh my mind is going to start wondering play a worship song or we have a lot of christian meditation guides on youtube play a christian meditation guide and let your mind focus on whatever the worship is saying or the christian meditation is saying let your mind focus there you would see that you're giving the holy spirit room to minister to you you're giving the holy spirit room to tell you more about your life it says you'll take what is of jesus and he'll make it real to you you're giving the Holy Spirit time. You're giving him room to minister to you when you do this. Don't just study the word of God as well. Meditate on it. What do you know what that means? It means to think. When you go to bed, I don't know if you're like me. I have bedtime thoughts. My bedtime, my bedtime thoughts are usually sweet thoughts. I like to think about sweet things when I go to bed, before I go to bed. Think about the word of God. Maybe you just heard, even if it's just one verse, just think about it and begin to imagine i have the mind of christ so i can feel what god feels hmm. what does that mean so if god is feeling sad can i feel sad if god is feeling happy do i feel happy what does that really mean just think about it like this think about the word of god think on it and you know when you begin to think about the word of god like this when you begin to meditate like this it's in stages meditation is in stages you start out with thinking you start out with considering, with analyzing, and then you get to the stage where you are, you, are, you are muttering it under your breath. And then you get to the point where you just shout and you write and say, I have the mind of Christ. I can no longer be depressed. It gets to that stage. That is the stage where the Holy Spirit has made it so real to your heart. So in those processes of meditation, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is taking place. Hallelujah. Make time, make room for the Holy Spirit. Make room for the Holy Spirit. It will transform your life. You'll be surprised how far you will go if you just make room for the Holy Spirit. If you just make room for the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, I know that with saying all this, I know that our hearts are being touched and we indeed want to make room for the Holy Spirit. And you know what? In Philippians 2, verse 11 now, I think, 11 or 13, it says that he gives us the desire and he gives us the ability, the power to act on that desire. It means that if you have the desire right now in your heart to make more time for the Holy Spirit, it means that that desire is not ordinary. It means that it's actually the Holy Spirit that is putting that desire in your heart and it can help you make room for him the holy spirit is so amazing he's so amazing he'll give you the desire and then he'll still help you act on that desire you know i i say that the holy spirit will give you he'll teach you he's that teacher he'll teach you he'll give you the exam questions beforehand for you to study them and on the exam day he'll still be telling you the answer and so if you're like that tonight can you just bow your head and just talk to the holy spirit tonight can you just talk to him tonight and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, 
Just call him. Call him by his name. Say, Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit. I don't know. Just say his name. Holy Spirit. Help me to make room for you. Holy Spirit, I really love you. Say these words out loud. Holy Spirit, I actually do love you. Holy Spirit, I, I want to make more room for you. I want to make more time for you. I want to make you my priority. I, don't want just, I just don't want to sing that song that says, I'll put you in front, in front of my melody. I just don't want to sing that song. I want to leave that song. Holy Spirit, I want to, to make more time for you. I want to fellowship with you. Holy Spirit, I desire that intimacy with you. I desire that intercourse with you. I desire that consistent fellowship with you. That is my heart desire. And I know that you didn't just, it didn't just come from me, but you put that desire there. And so Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Are you praying tonight? Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me to make more room for you. Help me to make more time for you. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me tonight. Help me, Holy Spirit. After tonight, oh God, help me. Help me. Help me to have intercourse with you regularly. Help me to be more intimate with you because that is what I desire. I desire to experience God's word. I desire to see the truth, the reality in God's word. And it is only you that can do that for me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. And Lofty Heights, we don't like bringing our services to a close without giving someone an opportunity to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. And so maybe you're here tonight or you're watching online and you are not born again. It means that the Holy Spirit cannot be in you and the Holy Spirit is not in you. And if you're that person tonight, whether you're watching online or you're, or you're here, can you just say these words after me? Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you came. I believe you died for me. Today, have mercy on me. Today, I believe in my heart that you died and you rose again. And today, I confess that you are Lord over my life. Thank you for saving me. I am born again. Amen. Amen. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.